episode 143 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about the massive voter drive at the border. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as illegal immigration, the Great Depression, Antifa, Clarence Thomas, or Rush Limbaugh comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. As I record this episode in late March 2021, the U.S.-Mexico border is flooded with immigrants. President Biden set out the welcome mat and they flocked. The conservative media calls it a crisis. The Democrats deny it's a crisis, only going so far as to say it's a challenge. They're both wrong. It's a voter drive, pure and simple. It is an engineered event designed to push as many illegal immigrants into the country as quickly as possible in order to grant amnesty and voting rights shortly thereafter. Why, you may ask? Why would Biden and the Democrats do such a thing? Well, there's several reasons. Number one, studies have demonstrated that first-generation immigrants vote Democrat at very high levels, upwards of 80%. Number two, cheap labor. This is the Chamber of Commerce angle that has always pushed for amnesty and funded both national Republicans and Democrats, which is why, regardless of which party is in control of the federal government, we are always having to fight the amnesty battle, from Bush to Obama to Biden. Notice I skipped Trump because he was not beholden to the Chamber's money. And number three, the National Democrats are evil and will do anything to win. Much more on that in a minute. Step back and view this situation from the proverbial 30,000 feet. The Democrats were able to engineer a miracle Biden victory over Trump in a few battleground state elections, some by as few as 15,000 votes by way of a series of voting irregularities, illegalities, and improprieties from flooding the system with hundreds of thousands of illegal absentee and mail-in ballots, to illegally changing election laws without the legislature, from performing a host of shenanigans with the electronic voting machines with insanely high adjudication rate settings, allowing local election officials to switch Trump votes to Biden votes. They are not going to be able to pull that off again in 2022 or 2024, so they are on to their next move on the chessboard, while the numbnut National Republicans sit and spin on their thumbs. Their latest idea relies on the concept known as chain migration, which is also known as family reunification. The way it's supposed to work is green card holders or legal U.S. residents may sponsor a family member for immigration to the United States. It's the most common legal form of immigration in the States. The practice has been abused in recent years and from what I've been able to determine, it looks like each immigrant averages the facilitation of bringing three additional immigrants to the country, which, as you can imagine, balloons pretty quickly. Think of your average family tree. You start out with great-grandma and great-grandpa, and by the time you go down four or five generations, you're looking at like 100, 150 people. Same thing with chain migration. 
As a way of stemming the flow, President Trump wanted to limit chain migration to only spouses and minor children while excluding sponsorship of extended family. The current manufactured crisis at the border has to do with migrant children, thousands of them. What the hell is going on with children crossing the border? Well, you see, Biden and the Dems know that they will be able to play the heartless card just like they play the race card on anyone who should deny the reunification of these poor, poor children with their parents and aunts and uncles and cousins. So the Democrats encourage the influx of children, knowing it is the fastest way to swell the numbers and thus their voter base. This is one of the reasons I call the National Democrats evil. More examples to follow. Let's talk political strategy for a minute. The Democrats are not stupid enough to put all their eggs in one basket, i.e. the illegal immigrant amnesty basket. Nope, they have other plans to make sure the United States is a one-party country, just like California, Illinois, and New York are one-party states. And aren't they shining examples worthy of emulation from other states? Not. Back to the Democrats not putting all their eggs in one basket. They are also pursuing statehood for Washington, D.C., and later Puerto Rico, thus securing four more Democrat senators and likely a generational majority in the Senate. They will soon kill the filibuster in the Senate, which will kill the deliberate, put-on-the-brakes nature of the Senate. It will be just like the House of Representatives, where wham-bam-thank-you-ma'am avalanche of progressive legislation just flows right through. And finally, they will pack the Supreme Court with more activist judges who will rubber stamp the aforementioned progressive legislation. So while the National Democrats play chess as they work to destroy the country while securing their generational grip on power, the National Republicans remain feckless, spineless, incompetent, take your pick. They have no abiding principles to which to put the stake in the ground and act like an opposition party. They are the same Republicans who blocked Trump's Build the Wall initiative and much of his other policies during the first two years of, in office when the Republicans controlled Congress and the White House. Do you remember Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, that worthless piece of shit? How they dragged their feet throughout those years. He was no better than Pelosi, because they're all the same. So let's briefly look at the particulars of the Dems' immigration strategy. Besides the chain migration on steroids, they have essentially instituted a catch-and-release plan with no notice to appear in court, while at the same time handcuffing ICE agents from properly deporting illegals. And let's be clear, the reason for the massive influx of immigration is because of Biden's policies and the pronouncements including the basic guarantee not to deport anyone with an unaccompanied minor. It is not the, quote, usual seasonal bump, as the Washington Post has claimed. As a matter of fact, immigration levels exceeded 100,000 in February of this year, 2021, while the past four years have averaged around 35,000. In his first week in office, Biden ended the Remain in Mexico program that kept migrants in Mexico while they awaited their U.S. asylum hearings. Now those migrants are released into the United States interior. Here is what Stephen Camarado, the director of the Center for Immigration Studies, had to say recently after reviewing illegal immigration levels from the past few years. Quote, a far more reasonable interpretation of the data 
is that President Biden's pronouncements and policies, including not returning unaccompanied children under Title 42 and releasing Central Americans within 72 hours of apprehension into the United States, as well as his stated desire to end most deportations and continue support for legalizing most illegal immigrants, is spurring larger numbers of families and children to enter illegally. On its face, it would seem that policies and statements by the new administration are being interpreted by prospective migrants to mean that if they are apprehended, they are more likely to be released, or if they enter successfully, they are less likely to be sent home than was the case under the prior administration. Some interviews with migrants indicate that this is the case." End quote. So then Biden allocated $86 million for hotel rooms for illegals. Isn't he compassionate? Why not allocate those dollars to homeless vets or homeless camps all around the country? Because either they don't vote or they don't vote Democrat. Then we had the media blackout, blocked by the Biden administration of the migrant camps. Border control had basically gag orders by the administration to speak about the facilities. Thankfully, Project Veritas blew that out of the water. And of course, the elephant in the room is the lure to America. Not the land of the free and home of the brave, but the land of free. Meaning, the land of free stuff. Get your ass across the border, and we'll give you free food, housing, school, healthcare. And hell, we'll just give you some money to boot. Oh, and feel free to get a job if the welfare payments aren't enough to satisfy. Go ahead and undercut the wages of legal citizens. Pay no attention to the 10 or 15 million Americans who are still unemployed due to COVID. And we save the best for last. Hold tight for just a little while, and voila, you will be given the right to vote. Man, what a country. If you listen to the corporate press, what they are doing is setting this up to be Biden's disaster. So when he resigns sometime in the next 12 months due to his obvious mental illness and Kamala, the cackler Harris, assumes office, she can deny having anything to do with it. After all, she was just the vice president. The media will go along with it and defend her and call any of her detractors racist and sexist, and the massive Democrat voter drive will have been successfully completed. They are front-loading all the terrible policies on Biden before he completely melts away. Name another country that does immigration this way. You don't have a sovereign country without secure borders. And notice how I haven't even broached the subject of our immigration laws. The Democrats completely ignore them, but who cares? The media? Hell no. The National Republicans? Nope. They're stone cold silent. Well, what about the American people? The National Democrats don't give a shit about what we want because they know what's best. They will shove their agenda down our throat regardless of what we want or support. After all, the majority of Americans oppose open borders, and a majority of Americans support voter ID laws and the majority support some kind of common sense restrictions on abortions, and the majority support school choice, and the majority believes in traditional marriage, and are opposed to Obamacare and socialized medicine, and the majority oppose transgender women participating in women's sports, but not the National Democrats. Nope. We, the people, are wrong about all those issues. Let's be honest, the National Democrats don't even care what their own voters want because they worship at the altar of power and control and money. Their little g-god is government. Anything they can do to control it and grow it will be done. Their goal is one-party rule or totalitarianism. 
So I want to circle back and expand on my, what I assume some of you found to be inflammatory comment about the National Democrats being evil. Let's return to the children crossing the border. Now, we're talking about thousands of children, like under 10 years old. Because of the welcome mat set out by Biden, children are very, very valuable, meaning many are kidnapped, some are bought, some are literally sent on their own to cross the border, armed with a note with the name of someone to contact stateside. The encouragement of that is the personification of evil. The Mexican police are reporting record-breaking child smuggling arrests near the Texas border, all because of the Democrats' lust for power. Women and girls are routinely raped and sexually assaulted during their journey to the states. Some estimates are as high as 30%. Immigrant parents give their girls birth control before they leave for the states because they know the likelihood of sexual assault is so high. I want you to stop right here and digest that. Think about your sister, your daughter, your niece, living in a relatively poor country, and you hear on TV or radio from the president of this relatively rich country that migrants, especially children, are welcome, no deportations. So in your hopeful desperation, you send your sister, daughter, niece to the country, knowing that there is a high likelihood that she will be sexually assaulted. The Biden administration is literally colluding with drug and human trafficking cartels. We are dealing with modern-day slavery in the sex trade. Cartels make millions of dollars in human trafficking immigrants across the border. Guess what happens when they don't pay? Think about the most grisly movie you can think of, like Pulp Fiction or something like that. Watch the numerous interviews with Border Patrol and members of the immigrant community as they recount the deaths and torture perpetrated by the gangs and cartels on those who don't pay up. All of this is known, yet there's Biden encouraging them to make the journey. Look, I've called the Democratic Party the party of death for years because of their push for abortion and their lack of concern for crime-plagued minority communities in Democrat-run cities like Chicago, Baltimore, Oakland, and Washington, D.C. So for me, this is par for the course for the party of death. I mean, in their eyes, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. If a few thousand people's lives are ruined or incur some sexual assaults or sustain a few deaths or experience a little discomfort in order to accomplish the goal of Democrat control of the federal government, so be it. I always try to offer solutions after I go on a rant, so here's what I've come up so far about this issue. The best solution would be, of course, for the electorate to come to understand that the modern-day National Democratic Party is a destructive force that must be defeated. They are evil. Their policies are almost always unconstitutional, and they are always destructive. I liken them to the mob. It's like, it's like dealing with the mob, an organized crime organization. Think about it. They have the press in their pocket. They have a bunch of activist judges in their pocket. They have the federal bureaucracy in their pocket. They have big tech in their pocket. They got the education system. They even have the Justice Department and the FBI in their pocket, and they operate a national election fraud machine. And with no opposition from the National Republicans, they are essentially unopposed to wreak havoc. I believe the electorate does indeed understand the modern-day National Democratic Party. Look no further than the 2020 election results. Look at the number of votes Trump received. Look at the drastic steps the Dems went through via their election fraud machine in order to make sure the election turned out the way they needed it to. 
If you want more details on the 2020 election, check out episodes 122, 130, and 131. So what other options are there? Well, there's always state secession. Our so-called leaders can destroy the country financially and culturally. They can destroy the dollar and bankrupt the country. They can allow tens of thousands of illegal immigrants into the country, give them work permits, voting rights, welfare, and schooling for their children. But Texas or South Carolina or Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, or Idaho, Montana don't have to sit idly by and take it. I go into extensive detail on the subject of secession in episodes 87, 88, 110, and 128. Here's another idea. How about we nullify the Fed's control over the country's immigration and revert back to the immigration enforcement like we did in the first 100 plus years of the country's existence? Meaning, no federal involvement. More on that in a minute. So, no federal involvement, just the states, maybe working in concert in certain instances with the feds, just the states enforcing their immigration laws, which would likely be relatively open borders, maybe with a health check or background check. I mean, America's not obligated to take anyone who wants into the country, right? So a relatively open border, maybe a temporary work permits can be issued, but most importantly, since the feds are no longer involved, no more Santa Claus. Immigrants are no longer eligible for welfare of any kind. No food stamps, no health care, no free schooling, and they certainly are not eligible to vote. Let the free market sort all this out, rather than our inefficient, insincere, schizophrenic federal overlords in D.C. So, back to my crazy idea about removing the feds from the immigration equation. Here's the dirty little secret. The federal government enforcing the United States borders is unconstitutional. Come on, TruthQuest guy, you've got to be insane. Actually, no, I'm very sane. See, the word immigration or immigrants does not appear in the Constitution. Only the word naturalization is listed as an enumerated power. In Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4, it reads, The Congress shall have the power to establish a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. Naturalization refers more or less with the terms with which someone can become a citizen. It has nothing to do with patrolling the borders and deportation and all the bullshit that we, the constitutionally illiterate population, are constantly subjected to. So I dug up a little history about federal involvement in immigration because I knew you guys would be skeptical of my claim. This comes courtesy of Ryan McMakin from the Mises Institute. Quote, Until the 1880s, few even tried to assert that the federal government could close borders or round people up and deport them. It was accepted that the Constitution made this a state and local matter, and then the feds changed their mind. And what was one minute unconstitutional was constitutional the next. The same thing happened with the federal legislation on abortion. And let me digress here for a minute. As I point out in episode 137, The Truth About Post-Constitutional America, the same can be said for dozens of things that the federal government just all of a sudden made constitutional, like labor laws, education, the war on drugs, the surveillance state, the Federal Reserve, welfare, infrastructure spending, foreign aid, bailouts, stimulus payments, environmental regulations, gun control. Back to McMakin. 19th century Americans rejected federal primacy in the matter of immigration. It would not be until the 20th century that the federal government would begin to claim sole legal authority over matters of immigration. In 1891, Congress passed a new Immigration Act, essentially federalizing immigration control. And as is any constitutional right, if you don't fight for it, 
the totalitarians, even back in 1891, will take it away. He continues, Many frontier states adopted policies designed to attract migrants by offering an easy road to citizenship and by adopting multiple official languages designed to accommodate the non-English speaking population. Indeed, pro-immigrant sentiment mid-century was sufficient enough for President John Tyler to publicly declare in 1841, quote, We hold out to the people of other countries an invitation to come and settle among us as members of our rapidly growing family, and for the blessings which we offer them, we require of them to look upon our country as their country and unite with us in the great task of preserving our institutions and thereby perpetrating our liberties, end quote. Back to McMakin. Legislation focused instead on refusing entry to those who were seen as likely to increase the government assistant roles or who might commit criminal acts. Sounds like Trump, doesn't it? He continues, The creation of arbitrary quotas for the total number of legal immigrants was a later innovation. And finally, he said, contrary to some claims that immigration simply wasn't an issue in the 19th century, the existence of numerous state laws on the matter show that it was an important issue, and yet few sought federal control. One would think that if the Constitution were clear about federal control of immigration, this would not have been the case. So, where does that leave us? The bottom line is we have a National Democrat Party working feverishly to ensure that the country is ruled by one party, theirs. They have shown over and over again that they will do whatever it takes to accomplish that goal. They will defame and slander their opponents. They will lie to your face over and over again. They will start investigations based on known false information. They will impeach Republican presidents. They will steal elections. They will add states to the union in order to secure more Democrat senators. They will eliminate the Senate filibuster, pack the Supreme Court. And as we discussed in this episode, they will encourage mass migration at the southern border despite the harm that befalls the migrants, including thousands of children, because their little G-God is government. The altar at which they worship is not big G-God of the Bible, where we are directed to treat everyone with respect as made in the image of God. Nope. They must grow their beloved government regardless of who or what gets sacrificed at the altar, including immigrant children. The country itself may have to be sacrificed in order to reach their goal as well. And certainly, they are not going to let the idea of deaths, rape, sexual assaults, and discomfort of a few thousand immigrants to slow down their march towards totalitarianism. And that's the truth about the massive voter drive at the border. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.